just remember, just remember our, our champion, remember Jesus, uh, who died for, for our freedom. And, um, <clears throat> but, um, anybody like to pray? I was, how about Mac, how about Mackenzie neighbors? Could you pray for us? Sure. Thanks. Um, Heavenly Father, God, I just want to come to you um, and just thank you for another day, God. Um, Thank you for another day to walk with you, to uh, commune with you, commune with our brothers and sisters, God, and um, just just to find gratitude in life itself, God. Um, I think during this time, it's so, for me, it's so um, easy to get caught up in everything that's awful and everything that, um, isn't going right or everything that isn't going the way I planned. Um, but God, just to be able to walk with you another day is such a blessing father. And the fact that you are here with us, you are loving us, you care about us, you are, um, constantly lavishing us with good things, even when, um, even when it doesn't necessarily seem that way, father. And I'm so grateful that we get to serve a God like you um, who cares about the details of our life. Um, I pray for this morning, God, that you can really just fill all of our hearts, Father, um, as we commune with one another, God, and just remember you and your son and the sacrifice that was made so that we could have a relationship with you. Yes, but I love yes. you, God, and I pray all this in your son's name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. So last night, Sue and I were, um, sitting and watching some of the 4th of July programs around TV. It's kind of good to get a little bit of a fix of, uh, of <clears throat> fireworks and, and, uh, and just, you know, some music and just some sort of cel- you know, some celebratory kind of vibes and feelings. And there's a lot of stories that were being told that were super inspirational and, and, you know, songs that were being sung. And I was really struck by uh, some of the songs that were, that were sung and the spoken word um, and, and also some of the rap that was, that was done. It was, it was inspired. I was, I was especially uh, struck by um, Amanda Gordon. I'm, I'm wondering if you guys have heard of her just, you know, she's a, she's a poet. She just uh, received some awards as a, as a, uh, you know, as a young poet uh, nationally and internationally, I think. And some of her poems and spoken word are just, they're deep. They're, they're inspirational. There's, they're moving. And it struck me though that it was, it was interesting to me that <clears throat> many of the songwriters, many of the songs literally referenced Jesus's words verbatim. And in the, in the song lyrics or in the spoken word or in the rap, there was, you know, words like talking about turning the other cheek or words like, you know, a divided house doesn't stand a house divided itself can't stand and, and different and different um words of jesus himself and it just kind of reminded me that you know jesus died for our freedom and literally jesus is the freedom champion of humanity and that he's his words and his spirit and his message and his sacrifice literally have touched every aspect of human existence and they still inspire us and they still help us to find hope in times of trouble and in times of difficulty. And I want us to look over in Galatians chapter five, Galatians chapter five. And, I, and 
because it, it really chapter 5 and verse 1. And it simply says, <clears throat> it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Like, so why did Jesus set us free? Well, so we could be free. <laughs> so we could truly experience freedom in this life. And he says, stand firm then. And do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. And he talks about in Galatians 5 how we really have this choice to make, this ongoing choice to make. Will, will we live by the spirit or will we live by the sinful nature and in the laws of man? And, um, and Galatians is all about that, is not living under the law and living under, uh, the, 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 uh, uh, you know, the sinful nature, but, but being free in Christ and living and, and walking and dancing in the spirit. And I wanted to ask you a question. How has Jesus set you free? What does that mean to you? What does that mean to you? How has Jesus set you free personally? Anybody want to share about that? Yeah, Rob? I think uh, being set free in just a more immediate uh, sense right now is uh, it's very easy to get, you know, to just be concerned about state of our country, state of the world. And uh, I feel like I've had a, a very, it's been freeing to just feel like this world is not my home. Um, and, and in many ways, there's like, there's little that I can do that's really going to affect, you know, things on a world scale other than just be a disciple and do my best where I'm at right now. But just being able to be free is being a free, to, to me, is being free of that Maybe not necessarily free of the worry. I still work on that, but just knowing that, you know, this is temporary and it just feels a lot more real. I think when you're under those types of pressures that this is temporary. Yes. Yeah. That's great. That's great. Just how, yeah. I love what you shared. Anybody else? Yeah. Pat. I guess the, the first thing that comes to my mind is, um, the just freedom from guilt. And I think the world doesn't really understand grace. And I think people struggle with um, accepting grace and extending grace. And it's just, it's a foreign concept. And, and because Jesus teaches, teaches us about grace and gets us to have faith in, in grace and the fact that uh, we're forgiven. Um, we obviously uh, need to feel uh, the guilt of what we do, but, 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 but then we're freed from it. And so to me, that's, that's what uh, freedom really is. I love it. Free from guilt. Totally. Carolyn, join. You your hand up. Like red light, green light. Um, I think I, Pat and I talk a lot about what he just said. Um, you know, when our faith ebbs and flows, I think it has a lot to do directly with that whole accepting and extending grace. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think about talking, you know, I talk a lot with my sisters and my, my biological family and, um, just the interesting take that I have, um, the take that they, they have on our same family unit. And I think so much of who I am is driven or can be driven by my childhood experiences and my, and ha- the whole foundation. 
Mm. I think that's kind of the whole beauty of so true. the Christian family is that it's the counterbalance to that. And there's so much freedom and understanding and release, I think, in looking at the scriptures and having conversations with people, other disciples that are grappling with the same issues and the freedom to just understand the scriptures, having the spirit. Mm. And like Maria used you know, to share, like she finally read it. She finally understood what the scriptures really meant from a heart level mm. um, after, you know, after she was baptized. And I think um, life is so imperfect. Like Rob was saying, like there's so many things like within ourselves and within our environment, they're so imperfect and we're so broken, but having that, that wash through conversation, through scriptures, through reflection um, of feeling the relief that I don't have to have all the answers all the time. <laughs> and that there's that, that pressure. I, there's often this out and you get, and I'm like, you know what? I may never have the answer to that particular question, but I'm going to be okay. Right. Um, I think there's a huge relief in not having to carry that burden. And there was something else that I can't remember, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm enough. <laughs> We'll get there. <laughs> Thanks. Totally. I love it. Thanks for sharing, you guys. Anybody else? How about Mackenzie? Um, I think just kind of like going off of what Carolyn was saying, I I love this concept that I can just live in freedom knowing that I'm loved. Um, so I... I struggle a lot with the feeling that I have to prove my worthiness or I have to do enough so that people actually care about me. Um, and if I'm not perfect, then people are going to stop caring. People are going to stop loving. Um, and that's not how God sees me at all. And it's, and there's just, so, and there's so much freedom in that, that I can just be me and I can just live knowing that I'm loved and knowing that like just that is enough. The, like God loving me is enough and God being there with me is enough and who he created me to be is enough. Um, and I don't have to do more. I don't have to prove more to him. I don't have to um, like be something more or be something greater to be accepted, um, which is so, yeah, it's just such an amazing place when I'm able to live in that place, which isn't always um, where I find myself living, um, but yeah. something, but there is so much reassurance, just knowing like, and freedom when I am able to just live loved. So powerful. I love it. I'd like to turn over to Daniel chapter three, <clears throat> because there's a unique Jesus sighting in book of, in, you know, there's a lot of them throughout the old Testament but there's a really kind of special one in the book of Daniel. Daniel's right after Ezekiel. If you have trouble finding the books of the Old Testament like I do. And, uh, but it's Daniel chapter three. And I really, really appreciate what everybody shared. There's a real, there's a real personalness to the kind of freedom that Jesus gives us. There's such a, there's such a power to it when we can, we can really grasp it. And it's real, it's palpable, it's it's something that we've been given access to in such a special way. You know, I know for me, I grew up, I grew up kind of 
kind of scared. <laughs> I, I had a lot of bad dreams as a kid. I was really small for my age, up, all the way up through high school. Um, I had a lot of nightmares growing up. I'll never forget this one time my parents were away. And I had this kind of fear of being far away from my parents. And uh, I was staying at a, a friend's house. And I was probably just like six years old or something like that. And I remember having a really bad dream and I was in this room by myself and I woke up and I was just, and I was just like praying. I was just talking to what I, what little I knew of God and just asking for help. And it was kind of funny because the next day, the two, the two other kids that lived there at this house were, were kind of making fun of me for talking to, talking to the air. They heard me talking in the room and everything, but, but, I think, you know, those kind of moments of fear are kind of what made me reach out to God and made me feel a need for God. And I've really found so much strength in my relationship with God. And, you know, as I've gone through different challenges and different struggles. And I think that's one of the things that attracts me to Jesus so much is that I feel like he's, he's right there with me. I just love the idea that he was, he was among us that he was our brother. He's not ashamed to, to call us family, that he's, he's our defender. <clears throat> he's our protector. He's uh, our friend. And I just find that so powerful. And it's interesting because here in Daniel chapter three, um, it's a crazy, crazy time. The, the Jewish people are in captivity in Babylon and King Nebuchadnezzar is just this insane wicked, evil, kind of all-powerful king. And in chapter 3, he sets up this image of gold that was literally 90 feet high, wide. Everybody, uh, to, to and, and he commands them to bow down and worship this, this idol. And he's, and he's furious. There's so much anger in this, in this, in this uh, king. And, and it feels like he's, He's totally in charge. Whatever his whim is, he gets it. And, uh, and so, and so of course, you've got Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, these three young guys who it says in verse 12, it says, but they're, they, they came back with a report from, uh, you know, that it says, but there are some Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Who pay no attention to you, okay? <laughs> I like the way that's put. They just don't pay any attention to you. They pay no attention to you, O king. They neither serve your gods nor worship the image of gold you have set up. And so they had responsibility in this kingdom, but they weren't willing to worship the gods of this kingdom. And in verse 13, it says, Furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And so these men were brought before the king, and Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold I have set up? Now when you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes, and all kinds of music, if you are ready to fall down and worship the image I made, very good. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then what god will be able to rescue you from my hand? Um, he's, this, Nebuchadnezzar is putting on the heat. And it reminds me, it kind of reminds me, you guys remember that image from the, um, the protests in Tiananmen Square in China? 
And there's that image of a long row of, uh, of tanks. And there's this, there's this young man who's standing in front of these tanks, literally with his just kind of facing the tanks and the tanks are stopped in front of him. And it's like one person standing up against all the powers that be. And it was such a, it was such a, uh, a compelling photograph. And it reminds me of that because Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are in that situation where they're just three young men who've got to make a, make a, a in some ways, just kind of a horrible choice. What are they going to do? How are they going to stand up against this, this tyrant? And in verse 16, it says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. I just think this is, is incredible, what they, what they respond. With calmness, with confidence, with faith, with bravery, with courage. We do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us from it, and he will rescue us from your hand, O king. But even if he does not, we want you to know, <laughs> we want you to know, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. These guys had guts. Wow. And I love their spirit. It's, it's like no matter what God does, we serve him and, and we're safe. We're safe in him. And so no matter how this goes, we are safe with God. He's got our back. Well, then in verse 19, then Nebuchadnezzar was furious again and his attitude toward them changed. He ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual and commanded some of the strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. And so these men wearing their robes, trousers, turbans, and other clothes were bound and thrown into the blazing furnace. The king's command was so urgent and the furnace so hot, the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, firmly tied, fell into the blazing furnace. Verse 24, then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, weren't there three men? that we tied up and threw into the fire? And they replied, certainly, O king. Verse, 20, verse uh, 25 says, he said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like a son of the gods. And so I don't know what comes to your mind, but this is either, this is either Pat Slater or it's Jesus. I'm not quite sure which one. <laughs> <laughs> but there's something really amazing going on in here. And this is a, this is, this is a foreshadowing of Jesus. This is him showing up when they, when the fire is really hot, but when these guys are standing up, Jesus comes through again. And it's interesting. So, so Jesus is right there among them. He's in the fire with them. And he's, and he's brave and he's, he's bold. He, he looks like he's shining. He's radiant. And in verse 26, Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the most high God, come out, come here. And so the three of them came out of the fire and the satraps, prefects, governors, and royal advisors crowded around them. And they saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies nor is a hair of their head singed, their robes were not scorched, and there was no smell of fire on them. 
Nebuchadnezzar said, praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any God except for their own God. You know, Jesus is such, he is such a protector and he's such a lover of us. His blood covers over our sin. We can live life fearlessly. We can live life without shame. We can live life uh, without fear of, of anything. God has got our back into eternity. And, and sometimes we don't know how to interpret certain circumstances. We don't know the beginning and the end. But we do know that God knows the beginning and the end. And we do know that Jesus gave everything he had. He literally died for our freedom. And so we can face any force that's out there with faith. We can know that that just like Jesus promised many times, that he's with us as we go forth and face the battles that we face, that he's got our back, that he's going to champion our cause, that He's that he loves us deeply, and he's willing to give his body and his blood for us. And so I want, I, I, you know, even during this Freedom Weekend, let's let the bravery of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And there, I love how even, even Nebuchadnezzar says they trusted in God. Let's trust in God like Jesus did. Let's let him be our, our guide and our example of truly living a victorious life. And, uh, and, we're, and we're, we're blessed for it. We are so blessed that we get to follow the fourth one that looks like a son of the gods, that he's with us. He's with us. So we're going to pray for the, uh, the communion. We're going to take, uh, the bread. We're going to take, uh, the juice. And I'm just going to encourage you to have a kind of a prayer, you know, with, with those that you're with or a personal prayer. And uh, let's just remember him and how how intensely, how fiercely loyal he is to each one, each and every one of us, that he is our true champion of freedom and that we can rely on him with our whole lives and with our whole future as our whole past, our whole eternity. He is faithful. Love you guys. So um, I'm going to say so long. We'll see you on Wednesday night. And just pray that you have a really just a meaningful uh, time of communion right now. But you guys are the best and uh, happy 4th of July. See ya.